This is the intersection of faith and the culture. Thanks so much for joining us today on Wall Builders. We're taking on the hot topics of the day from a biblical, historical, and constitutional perspective. My name is Rick Green. I'm a former Texas legislator and America's Constitution coach. Thankful for you joining us today, and very thankful today to get to serve here with David and Tim Barton. David's, of course, America's premier historian and our founder at Wall Builders. Tim Barton's a national speaker and pastor and president of Wall Builders. You can learn more about all three of us at our website, wallbuilders.com. That's wallbuilders.com, and there's a ton of great resources there for you as well. If you're not familiar, if you're a first-time listener, Wall Builders comes from the scripture in Nehemiah that says, Arise and rebuild the walls that we may no longer be a reproach. Our job as citizens today, if we're going to render unto Caesar what is Caesar and unto God what is God's, and as Americans, we are Caesar, we the people are in charge. That's how our particular system works here. If we're going to rebuild the walls, if we're going to be good citizens, good biblical citizens, we have to be informed, and we have to be engaged, and we have to take action. And so by being a listener of Wall Builders, you are obviously a person of action. You're someone that wants to learn and wants to put that to good use to save our country. All right, David and Tim, we got Rudy Atala back with us today. We had him a few weeks back, right after the attack on Israel by Hamas, and we talked about some of the geopolitical issues, uh, talked about you know what the Biden administration might do on this, but we're going to get him back for an update today. And of course, we've been very pro-Israel on this program because, you know, they're the good guys in the Middle East and they're our best friend in the Middle East. And this attack, of course, unwarranted and uh, probably one of the most gruesome things that has happened between two countries since World War II. And yet Israel, in their response, is doing everything they can to save innocent life, but they have to clean out Hamas. So how are we doing? We're what a month. It's been more than a month since the attack. Yeah, and it's interesting. In that month, a lot of stuff has happened. But I want to go back even to the day of the attack. When when it happened, I was really, really, really surprised at how strong Biden came out in support of Israel. I mean, he came out just whole Israel, and it was like no restraint. No, they need to go in there and get those terrorists gone. And, and those first few days, it was really amazing to watch Biden. I, I literally was very pleased with the position he took, and he was very bold. And, no, I'm not going to call for a ceasefire. They need to take care of, of, of these murderers. And it was very good to, to see that. And then the State Department came out with, well, here's the official State Department position. It's probably a week or 10 days in. And, and they came out and said, no, there's no right or wrong here. and There's provocation on both sides. and There needs to be a ceasefire. And, 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 and the State Department came out very much with a, a position that was not good for Israel. Now, that's not surprising because the State Department, by and large, is, is not um, not pro-Israel. And so even going back to Reagan, Reagan talked about how bad the State Department was even in his day, and how he had to go against the State Department in so many areas to be able to take down Gorbachev and, and the Soviet Union, all the things he did that, that led to the fall and collapse of the Soviet Union. He went against the State Department time after time after time. So the State Department is filled with entrenched bureaucrats that are globalist. Uh, they are not, they don't have any concept of, of right and wrong in the sense of, of morality and religious right and wrong and, and, you know, where the Bible is on things. And so when they came out since that point in time, Biden has lined up behind the State Department and it's not been good at all. He started really strong. He has not been good as he's gone through that. And I'll take you back even to Trump. When Trump was there, he had to go against the State Department due to the Abraham Accords, 
moving the embassy to Jerusalem. The State Department said, oh, no, it'll erupt in all sorts of wars and all sorts of nations. It didn't. State Department is wrong with so many areas so consistently. I, I think that may be the deepest swamp that's in Washington, D.C., is the State Department. I mean, they're really entrenched. They have massive funds. They have a massive amount of employees. And, you know, to, to Trump's credit, he ignored the State Department in several areas and went ahead and did the right thing, and it turned out right. So where we are right now is Washington has changed a whole lot. Now, how much impact does that have on Israel? Uh, Israel is concerned about U.S. opinion, but at the same time, Israel is more concerned about existing and surviving than it is U.S. opinion. And so I, I'm really looking forward to what Rudy's got to say about what's happening in Israel and whether all, all this change by Biden and this much more um, neutral position toward Israel, and which makes it more pro-Hamas. Uh, interesting to see what's going to happen there, because I have not heard an update from inside Israel on whether it's affecting what they're doing there. But no question, Biden started really good, but after the State Department got involved, he has backed off and has been really bad on this war that's going in Israel right now. Well, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we've got Rudy Atala with us. Stay with us, folks. You're listening to Wall Builders. Hi friends, this is Tim Barton of Wall Builders. This is a time when most Americans don't know much about American history or even heroes of the faith. And I know oftentimes for parents, we're trying to find good content for our kids to read. And if you remember back to the Bible, to the book of Hebrews, it has the Faith Hall of Fame where they outlined the leaders of faith that had gone before them. Well, this is something that as Americans, we really want to go back and outline some of these heroes, not just of American history, but heroes of Christianity and our faith as well. I want to let you know about some biographical sketches we have available on our website. One is called the Courageous Leaders Collection. And this collection includes people like Abigail Adams, Abraham Lincoln, Francis Scott Key, George Washington Carver, Susanna Wesley, even the Wright brothers. And there's a second collection called Heroes of History. In this collection, you'll read about people like Benjamin Franklin or Christopher Columbus, Daniel Boone, George Washington, Harriet Tubman, Friends, the list goes on and on. This is a great collection for your young person to have and read, and it's a providential view of American and Christian history. This is available at wallbuilders.com. That's www.wallbuilders.com. Welcome back to Wall Builders. Thanks for staying with us. Rudy Atala back with us. Been a couple of weeks. We wanted to get him in for an update on what's going on, not only in the Middle East, but around the world. So thankful for your work, Rudy. God bless you, man. Thanks for a little more time today. Thank you so much for having me. Well, you, you've uh, obviously got a lot on your plate right now, and it's not just dealing with the, you know, uh, when we think Middle East, specifically Israel and Hamas and all that. It's it's rescue missions uh, all over the world. Um, but, of course, the world is focused, it seems like right now, uh, specifically on the Israeli situation. So wanted to just see kind of in the last few weeks since we had you on what your perception of America's handling of that has been and and uh, kind of what we should expect going forward. And David had specifically asked uh, to get your thoughts on, on what it looks like is now a, a major disagreement between the Biden administration and, and, and Netanyahu and, and just the, the challenge of what happens after they clean out Hamas in terms of reoccupation of that area so that Hamas cannot, you know, just regroup. Um, so, man, that was a lot of questions at once. But I guess just first, generally, from your perspective, what's the last couple of weeks? What, what would you see as the most important things to update our listeners on? Wow. Well, there's a, <laughs> there's a lot. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot happening in the world. Um, I mean, right now, as you correctly said, we're focused on the Middle East, but uh, you know, while while that's happening, uh, a lot of things are happening. For example, in Africa, 
Africa just saw um, uh, an, uh, another attempted coup in Sierra Leone. They've had five coups this year in uh, countries like Guinea, Burkina Faso, Mali, Niger, and Gabon. So there's a lot happening there. Um, of, of course, uh, you know, all the protests you're seeing on the, in Western countries and around the world. Um, and then, of course, there's cyber warfare going on as we speak, but I won't dive into that. Uh, but uh, focusing more on, on the question of what's going on specifically in uh, with Israel and the current uh, situation with Hamas, um, unfortunately, you know, the Biden administration has pressured the Israelis to, to uh, you know, to, to ceasefire and, and drag on the ceasefire. What that does is that that puts a lot of pressure on on Israeli soldiers long term. A, it gives time for Hamas to regroup, but B, uh, it also uh, makes makes uh, uh, life difficult for the Israelis because you know internally most people don't think about it, but um, you know as even though you have Palestinians displaced, you also have Israelis displaced within Israel itself because many of them had to vacate the borders with you know close to Lebanon, the borders with Gaza, the borders with the West Bank. So you've got over a million internally displaced Israelis um, as well. Um, and, you know, there's there's just a lot going on there. Um, yeah. Uh, econo- economically, also, when you delay, it means that the war will prolong uh, because Israel is determined to eliminate Hamas, and rightly so. What that means is it will cost them more in the long term in terms of lives and in terms of uh, finances. So, so yeah, we're not doing Israel uh, a favor in this in this aspect. But one thing to say about Israelis and within their, um, I guess, their long-term view is do whatever it takes and sacrifice whatever you can sacrifice to bring back every single hostage. And after that, then you just focus on, uh, you know, the next step, which is continuing the war. Um, you know, Biden, the Biden administration hasn't even focused on bringing Americans home. We haven't seen any Americans coming home, really. You just yeah. see other other people coming home. And, um, you know, this appeasement to Iran is just downright wrong. I mean, Iran has been hammering U.S. military um, all over the Middle East, uh, Syria. Of course, I'm sure you've heard there's been over or now over 80 attacks against U.S. soldiers uh, in Syria. And, and Rudy, nobody's fooled by this, right? The fact that it's 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 these these militant groups that Iran funds. Everybody knows. I mean, that's got to be at the direction of Iran. Is that the perception from people you talk to, or do people say, "Oh, that's people Iran can't control"? I mean, how, how kind of how do, how do, how are people uh, you know perceiving that? No, I mean it's well known that Iran is directing this. Okay, um, it is well known that Iran is also directing the information warfare. Um, against Israel and the region. I mean, we they're, they're directing essentially everything. Um, so, so every everybody knows that uh, these proxy groups are 100% funded by Iran, 100% controlled by Iran. More specifically, the IRGC, the Iranian uh, Republican Guard, um, and this is part of their long-term calculus, essentially. Yeah. Because the more chaos you create. Um, the better it bodes for them, because now you just you're basically dragging on and creating all these distractions and dragging on the Israeli Hamas problem. What that does is it it it, it allows more 
time for sentiment to build up against Israel, against the United States. And the U.S. is doing absolutely nothing about it. Absolutely nothing about it. I mean, mm. imagine we've been attacked over 80 times and and we haven't done a single thing except one goofy retaliation where we had a pair of F-16s drop bombs on two depots, two arms depots. That's it. That That's that's the extent of what we've done, which is nothing. What, what is their what is their thinking behind that? Like, I, I don't pretend to understand the left and, and the Biden administration, but are they just thinking, well, this will if we respond, then it's it's going to escalate everything in the in the Middle East. But it, but by not responding, don't we encourage more? I mean, how did how did they even justify that? Well, it's sad, but their justification is, you know, and and this goes the entire Biden administration to include Blinken is appeasement. Essentially, yeah. if you appease enough and if you coddle enough, that people come around and go, oh, okay, fine, we'll you know we'll we'll do what you say. Um, which is which is completely wrong. Uh, you know, there's got to be a carrot and stick with Iran. And, uh, you know, right now we need to be carrying a very big stick because that's the only way to respond. I mean, look that's at right. Look at what Trump did. And when Trump took out Qasem Soleimani, uh, you know, the head of the IRGC uh, and, uh, you know, the guy that essentially was part of the initial planning against the, the, the October 7th attack in Israel, you know, all, all of a sudden when he took him out, um, you know, the left went, oh, my God, there's going to be major war in the Middle East. Nothing happens. The The Iranians went right back into their, you know, into their little cubbyhole. And, you know, everything stood, you know, stood still. And and everybody backed down. You have to show force. Yeah. Or else, you know, that's there. There's no there's no the the the, the weaker you are, the, the worse it's going to be. And and we've seen that play out over time. Right. I mean, it's like. You know, the, it, when 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 the world knows, okay, look, if you attack in any way, any Americans anywhere on the planet, uh, we're going to come in and and absolutely make you pay pay for it. Then then the attacks stop. It's like Gaddafi, right? I remember I remember the interview with Ronald Reagan after you know Gaddafi had done uh, some of his stuff and and Reagan basically bombed Gaddafi's palace, and Re- Reagan almost kind of like smirked and said, "Well, you notice there haven't been any more attacks like that since then." You know, and he was exactly. right. I mean, it was like once you let them know. We will respond. Uh, they think twice or three times, and they stop. And and right now we're saying just just keep attacking. A hundred percent. Well, not only that, but I mean we have sanctions that, that are in place for their oil embargo um, that uh, Trump put in place that are not being enforced. And right now Iran's producing three million barrels a day, and they're cashing in like big time, taking in a lot of money, and that's what they use to pay their proxy groups in, in Syria and around. So essentially, they're you know Iran is just running amok, and the Biden administration is totally asleep at the wheel. And and one thing one thing they should be pointing out too, by the way, um, just more specifically on Hamas, which is a terrorist group. I mean, just if you look at the leadership in Hamas and you look at the Palestinian leadership, you know, through time, all the aid money that's gone to these guys have never. Not one t- one dime has ever gone to the Palestinian people. It's always gone into the pockets of the leaders. I mean, Yasser Arafat, when he died, was worth three billion dollars. Uh, you know, uh, Haniya is uh, one of the leaders of Hamas is worth four billion dollars. Wait a minute! Hamas wait a minute! Leader- wait a minute! Back up. Yasser Arafat was worth billions. I didn't know that. That's oh, yeah. a, that's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. All of that money flowing from all over the world. To the Palestinian Authority, and this guy's pocketing billions of it. Yeah, Mahmoud Abbas is worth two billion. 
I mean, oh. these guys are, and think about this. We are this. such fools, these man. Sp- We're such fools. And Hamas, Hamas has spent over $10 billion on building the tunnels uh, that, that, you know, the Israelis are trying to fight around t- today. I mean, so we pour billions of dollars in aid money and we go, oh, we got to help these people. And none of it goes to the people. It simply goes into the leadership and then they and then they fool the world and, and we dump more money on top of them. So and then Iran is smiling because now they have this proxy group. All they needed is they have the money. All they need to do is give them the guidance, which they've done for October 7th. And they're now uh, helping them, you know, regionally mm. uh, to continue to have the upper hand. And so, so, you know, this is where things have just run amok and, and uh, this administration has screwed up on every level. And I would say, watch, watch Lebanon carefully, continue to watch Lebanon carefully, because a lot of these proxy groups have sent also uh, a lot of the militants into Southern Lebanon to back up Hezbollah, who is, by the way, using Christian towns like Ramesh and Ain Ibn and all these areas as uh, you know, Christian towns as as a human shield uh, in ca- in case Israel attacks. So, so this is what the Biden administration has created uh, in the Middle East, and yeah. you know we're worse off for it. Let's uh, before I let you go, let's let's talk about what yeah. happens. Let's just kind of project ourselves out to okay, Israel does what they need to do to clean out Hamas. Yeah. They you know they don't let America tie their hands like like the Biden administration wants to do, and they get done right. And however long that takes, let's say that's a year from now or whatever. Uh, and, yeah. and hopefully just months from now. But I mean, I, I don't see how they how, how how Israel could be in any way go forward with any sense of security without reoccupying that area and preventing this from from happening again. But it's it's apparent it's apparent that the Biden administration is very much against that. Uh, you know, uh, they, they've made it clear. And so what do you want? First of all, do you think Israel will do it anyway, and and could this stretch out into a new administration? Maybe. I mean, I know I'm asking a lot of questions again, but um, I, I just I, I can. Do you think Israel can be secure without occupying that area and preventing terrorists from from literally, you know, just just breeding more terrorism? No, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, so the short answer to your question is yes. They will wait the long game. Israel will will stretch it into our new elections. Hopefully, will you know it will be positive for them and for us. Uh, but but B, you have to occupy that ter- territory and create a buffer so this not, not never happens again. Israel unfortunately relied too much on technology to protect them and was asleep at the wheel. I don't think they'll make that mistake ever again. Mm. Um, you know, and uh, you know, in terms of occupation, everybody keeps talking about a two-state solution. Well, that's been tried and failed numerous times. Uh, you know, Gaza was completely given to the Palestinians who gave it to Hamas, um, you know, who ran amok. And basically, you know, uh, October 7th was the result. Yeah. So, you know, Israel has no choice but to, but to protect itself. So this never, ever, ever happens again. I, I noticed Mark Levin has been very outspoken against Blinken and said that he's he's, you know, from years and years ago, uh, always been um, undermining Israel and and I remember right after October seventh, we had a rally in Dallas for Israel, and and I didn't I didn't know a lot of the details, but I still said in in my talk there, you know, we got to really watch for the Biden administration to say one thing on on the media, but then be undermining behind the scenes and tying Israel's hands 
according to Levin, I mean, he really thinks, you know, Blinken is just he, he's literally like putting up, you know, working out a plan that completely undermines Israel. How, how bad do you think he is as as the one that's the Biden administration's representative in, in all of this? And and what do we do about that? Look, I mean, Blinken is the one that screwed up uh, Afghanistan. He's the one that ah. uh, Blinken just go, goes around, you know, uh, uh, just appeasing everybody, uh, you know, and you speaking with a forked tongue. Um, I, I don't I don't see. Yeah, I agree with Levin. I think I think Blinken is totally going to screw screw it up for Israel. But you know what? He's got a year um, and then hopefully we'll have a new administration and all that will whatever it is will be unraveled and uh, and Israel will be, be better off with a new administration because because I don't trust Blinken as far as I can throw him. I mean, yeah, you know, I had to deal with them during the Afghan uh, Afghan evac. And uh, I mean, they, they it was all appeasement and just pull out, pull out, pull out and let's mm. forget about it and don't worry about anything. Let's not worry about terrorism or blowback or anything like that. Yeah. And they yeah. were wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this would be a whole other program, and we're out of time. But if you have a quick answer on this one, are there better friends to Israel at this point? I mean, are there other countries that are standing stronger with them than than us? You know, small countries. You know, Poland. Um, you know, Hungary. I, I would say. Um, you know, quietly, Morocco. Some of the Arab countries stand with Israel, but quietly. Yeah. You know, they project one thing uh, to the public. Oh, shame on you, Israel, blah, 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 Palestine, Palestine. And on the backside, hey, Israel, we love you. Um, you know, you know, Interesting. What, what has Israel given to the world? It's given technology. It, give, it gives all these wonderful things. Uh, you know, what, what have the Palestinians delivered to the world? Absolutely nothing but right. war and chaos and war and chaos. So, I mean, that's why Arab countries don't want them. So, yeah, you have people that quietly support Israel, but... But on the uh, on the outside optic, it's a it's a different thing just because that's so interesting. it's politics. Oh man, that's yeah. so interesting. Yeah, it's like we're you know we're we're talking a good game and then undermining them, and then uh, you have these other countries that are talking a bad game, but then helping them because they recognize you know that the that Hamas and and their ilk are are just as dangerous to these Arab countries as they are to uh, to Israel. It's so interesting, Rudy. Always great to have you, man. God bless you for what you're doing. Keep Thank up you. the great work and and look forward to getting you back Thank soon. Thank you. All right. God bless. Thank you, brother. We're back now with David and Tim Barton. Well, guys, he he didn't uh, pull pull any punches with uh, what he th- thinks about Blinken and and uh, just what the Biden administration is doing behind the scenes. And you know, Mark Levin, uh, his comments about just how much they are undermining Israel. It's hard to tell people what to do in these situations. Is this a you know call? Write your legislator. I mean, call your congressman. What do you do to support Israel in this situation? I, you know, it's it's interesting. The House is very strongly pro-Israel. And, and under Speaker Johnson, I mean, he's really strongly pro-Israel, but the House already was, except for the squad kind of folks. The House is pretty strongly pro-Israel. And, and what's happening is it's really the administration because they are pro-Iran. And I thought what Rudy pointed out was really, really good. They seem to ignore all the protocols against Iran, uh, whether it be the freezes or, or the, the stopping the money or anything. They keep putting all this stuff into Iran, and Iran is a threat on the southern border with Hamas, it's a threat on the northern border with Hezbollah, and it's a threat over in Syria uh, with the groups coming out of Syria and Yemen. All of this is coming out of Iran. And what's happening is the Biden administration has not shut down the money to uh, to Iran. 
And that's what's allowed so much of this to keep going. That's where all three of those groups are getting their funding is through Iran. And it's because America keeps letting that money go. And it's really pointed out. Uh, I mean, we're letting Iran drill and we're letting Iran produce oil and sell oil. And they're making lots of money off that, which is financing this war. So I, I really think that that may be one of the biggest problems with, with our policy toward Israel is we're not shutting down Iran, which is kind of the head of the snake on this thing. But I thought Rudy's statement, I, I wrote it down because it was so good. He said, this administration has screwed up on every level. And I think that's probably accurate. So I, I don't know where you put pressure on them because the, the money, certainly Mike Johnson in the House is doing a great job of, of trying to put money in the right direction toward Israel, trying not to put it toward Ukraine. They're trying to focus in on the right stuff. They're trying to shut down Iran. But this is where one of the things that that you know you guys talked about with Rudy is this may last into the next election. They may kind of draw it out, which would give us a chance to have a new president who would go in and shut down Iran as Trump did before. Whoever that Republican president would be, hopefully, would do the same thing. So I, it, you know, it's interesting. I don't know how long it's going to last. We'll we'll just have to see how long it lasts. But there's a lot of important information Rudy just shared coming out of Israel in that war. Well, guys, there was so much that Rudy said that that really I, I thought was significant uh, and important. One of the things that stuck out to me, though, is as he identified, uh, what did he say, the, I guess more than 80 attacks uh, on U.S. bases, on U.S. troops, and there was one very weak response, uh, almost kind of laughable was the implication uh, from Rudy from the U.S. government. And then on the flip side, when you had President Trump showing some strength and right, he's going to take out the bad guys. And, and he did. He had some strikes and took out some of these these terrorists over uh, really, I guess, a couple of places around the world, but specifically over in the Middle East. And people said he's going to start World War Three. Ironically, what we are, are seeing is that when you show strength, you can have peace through strength as opposed to when you show weakness, all it does is encourage bullies to continue in their activity, which is certainly not the kind of leadership we want as a nation. It's not helpful. Uh, and it, man, I think we definitely need to be praying for Israel, but also for our leaders that they would have more courage and boldness so that uh, we don't see America get sucked into these issues because of our weakness and passivity and not flexing our muscles when we should. Yeah, well, we'll get Rudy back again in a few weeks. Uh, always good to get an update from him. And so much of this goes on behind the scenes where we don't even really know for sure what's happening uh, with the Biden administration. So it's nice to have somebody like Rudy with ears to the ground all over the country. We're out of time today, folks. Be sure and check out our website, wallbuilders.com, for all kinds of great material and resources, and wallbuilderslive.com for any of the archives of the radio program you might have missed over the last couple of weeks. You've been listening to Wall Builders. We stand undivided.